to This Grit and Grace Life, a podcast for strong women and those who want to be. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, real talk for women embracing this grit and grace life. Let's get into it. Welcome to This Grit and Grace Life. I'm Darlene Brock, and we're recording in the mountains right now where it's peaceful and the breeze goes through the trees and you kind of just relax a little bit. It's so beautiful here. I'm Julie Graham, and I am so thankful whenever it's time to record and you're not back in Southwest Florida, which means I, poor thing, I have to put on my boots and my leather jacket, which is incredibly (laughs) over the top because it's still like 85 degrees in the middle of the day, but you know, Florida girl probs, Um, and come up here and drive your Jeep down the mountain roads and enjoy just being away from my normal scene and taking in all the beauty that is here. But you know what's hard for me? What is that? When the Wi-Fi goes out. And it goes out a lot It here. does go out a lot. It, our signal is pitiful here. <laughs> pitiful is right. Pitiful is right. But, you know, it kind of makes you unplug. And here, I've got to say this. I am proud of you, the Florida girl who has learned to drive the mountain <laughs> roads. That's a feat. I know. I did kind of feel like a rock star. And I thought, my son would be so proud of me right now. <laughs> oh, he would. He loves the Jeep. <laughs> he does love the Jeep. So, yep, we're doing these episodes from the mountains. And this morning... We even had a little technical difficulty before we went to record. And it's moments like that where we, you know, we're frustrated. We'll be honest, we get frustrated. Um, It forces us to stop and pray, um, to remember that, hey, all of this is God's anyways. Um, And maybe there's a reason we're supposed to pause and reflect. That's probably exactly what was supposed to happen before we tackle what we really believe is an important conversation. It is. Um, And today we're going to talk a little bit about something that We all have various problems with to different degrees, and that's how to create healthy boundaries in our life, how to make sure that we have, I wouldn't say insulated ourselves, but figured out what relationships work and when people are crossing over boundaries that maybe they shouldn't. I know I'm excited about this conversation because one, I know it's going to be difficult, but I also know that it's something that is happening a lot in relationships of people that I'm close with. And I find myself wanting to fix their problem, which, hey, by the way, is a boundary issue. It is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I see that it's such a need. And I know that it's not something that unless you've really done some research, unless you've been at a point in your life where you had to seek outside help, we don't really get taught about it. Have you noticed that? This is not something that you get taught unless you're really in some sort of a counseling situation. That's the only time I've ever really purposefully learned about healthy boundaries is when I've gone to counseling. That's true. And I think I I do want to say we're not mental health experts by any means. Um, Mental cases? Maybe. (laughs) Some days. (laughs) Some days we could absolutely be that. Um, But we have learned enough through life experience to share what we have figured out. And in addition to that, pulled a few resources that I think are good. So we're going to talk about a few different boundaries that we need to address in life. Yep. You and your wonderful research, which it's been a while since I've thanked you for your research for this (laughs) Grit and Grace Life. So props to Dar. Um, You discovered through Psychology Today and even some um, resources we already have at the Grit and Grace Project, which by the way, all of these links will be in the show notes. It's always chock full of goodies. So you should always be reading the show notes. Um, But we found four different types of boundaries. And you know what? The fourth one I had never heard of. So I'm excited to unpack these and be reminded how I need to be paying attention to all of these in my own grit and grace life. So what's the first one? 
physical boundaries, you know, just crossing into your space. And you know, I'm not one that's real (laughs) comfortable with that. And have you ever had someone who you like them, you really do, but they just seem to want to exist six inches from your shoulder? The close talker, yes. Yes. And I am not comfortable with that at all. (laughs) (laughs) When I was in college, we brought in the band Shane and Shane, the Uh worship leaders. Uh Um, And the ministry that I was involved in, I I happened to have the nicest car. So I got to go and be the one to pick them up from the airport. Was that a low bar, the nicest car of college (laughs) College kids? Yes. (laughs) Um, And so I went to pick them up. Also, my college pastor was blind, so he couldn't do it. He probably had the nicest car. (laughs) Uh, this is such oh, ridiculous there you groups. go. So I picked up one of the Shanes, and I'll be honest, I don't know which Shane it is, but it was definitely a Shane. He turned to talk to me, and I looked over because, you know, eye contact is mature adult conversation. And I looked over, and he was literally an inch from my nose. And I remember thinking, this is incredibly inappropriate. Like, what are you doing to me? He's a close talker. So whenever I think of people and personal boundaries, I think, yeah, that one Shane He's a close talker and he doesn't have good (laughs) physical boundaries. That is a perfect example, Julie, of someone that you don't even know that is coming into your world, maybe a little bit prematurely, (laughs) that they don't know you well enough to get that close. And and it doesn't make you want to grow a relationship with that person. Exactly. So uh, the physical boundaries involve personal space, but also time management. I mean, you get to choose how close somebody physically comes to you, but also how much time you give them, how much of your life you give to someone else. And and I think that we got to remember it's both and. How close am I to somebody else physically? And if somebody is too close to me, I actually have to say, hey, can you step back? You, you're making me a little uncomfortable. Or you know what? I'm, I'm not really huggy. So I'd prefer if we would just not do that. It's awkward, but you got to do it. Yeah, you got to do it. Next one we wanted to talk about is verbal boundaries. Um, And that one, honestly, Julie, there were several different healthy boundary points, but this one was really interesting to me because I do find it's true that sometimes people speak for you, speak over you, speak around you, simply don't allow your opinions or thoughts to be expressed verbally. Yeah, I mean, this basically comes back to your freedom of speech. And there are people who don't respect that and cut you off or minimize you or um, combat everything you say. And that's an example of them not respecting a verbal boundary with you. The other thing, Julie, I think we need to be conscious of is if someone speaks to you that makes you uncomfortable in a way or a form or what they say just makes you feel not good or awkward or inappropriate. Mm-hmm. They've crossed a line and you need to not let that line be crossed. Okay. So the next one is a mental boundary. So mental boundaries include having your own thoughts and opinions, your values and your beliefs, and being able to protect, not letting somebody influence those to a point where you feel like you have to change for someone else. You know, there used to be a radio DJ that at the end of whatever he said, he would say, that's my opinion and it ought to be yours. And I actually love that phrase, but in reality, that's not the way we're supposed to live. <laughs> yeah, you a healthy relationship involves somebody who can respect what you think. And it's one of those we can agree to disagree. And that doesn't diminish the overall connection between two people. No, and I think in the culture today where we're at odds on so many subjects, that this is a place where we can learn to coexist and respect one another and let each opinion lie on the table without trying to destroy it. And when someone doesn't allow that for you, 
they've crossed the line. We actually have an article about that. I'll make sure to link to it in the show notes, how to respectfully disagree with somebody. All right. What's the last one? I think this one is the hardest one. It is the emotional boundaries, the place where your emotions often get tangled up with someone else's, or you feel like you need to help them fix them. Everything is emotionally dependent on you to make right. You're never responsible for somebody else. You're always responsible for yourself. And so this is definitely one of the harder ones. So this is where maybe you recognize that your feelings change based on somebody else's feelings. And of course you care about people and when they're hurting or need, you know, support, a healthy relationship involves that. But when you find that you're always affected by somebody else's mood, then there's probably an emotional boundary issue there. And one thing we don't want to do with this conversation, Julie, is say compromise is not good. Dialogue is not good. You know, learning to get close to people is not good. It, all of those are great and wonderful and part of relationships, healthy relationships. What we're trying to talk about is when all of a sudden they become unhealthy and you need to be aware of that and know what to do. Yeah. So setting these boundaries is not about building walls around you that no one will ever get in, but it's actually about creating the healthy set of relationship do's and don'ts that will allow you to feel safe and comfortable and want to develop relationships with the people that you're spending your time with. It's ultimately about health. Julie, there's a quote I found by Rachel Wolchin that I really loved. It is givers need to set limits because takers rarely do. And that's kind of our starting place. And what do we do to make sure that doesn't happen in our life? Yeah, definitely. I think that's the case in a lot of relationships. And there are definitely people who are listening and thinking, yeah, but oh, I, I don't want to, and, but he needs me or my child can't, or I, I don't want to seem unloving. And we hear all of that, but we want you to hear that there is a way to have a reciprocal relationship where you're mutually respected, mutually cared for, and there are some things that you can put into place to allow those things to be more common in your relationships. And if this is something you're struggling with, let's just say it again. This podcast is not going to solve all of your boundary relationship issues. It may be time for you to seek some outside help to look for a counselor or a therapist that can really help you apply these things. But we certainly want to have this conversation with some tips that you can start applying even today. So let's go to the first one, Julie, that I thought was really good. I mean, you know, this is something I think we should easily embrace, but sometimes we don't. And that is listen to your feelings the red flags that you see or the emotional discomfort. Sometimes when something hits us and we're like, I'm uncomfortable, that doesn't feel right, that doesn't sound right, we dismiss it and we need to not do that. Yeah, I mean, we have that intuition. It's there and far too often we ignore it. And so this is us saying, it's time to pay a little bit closer attention to it. And there are times where you know, oh, that was a second or third red flag. I probably should do something, but you're anxious about it or you're uncomfortable or what will he or she think or do if I change my behavior because I'm uncomfortable. You've got to start paying attention to those things. Yeah, you do. The next one is, do you find yourself saying yes when you really meant to say no and you weren't really sure that you wanted to say yes, but you said yes anyway? Yeah, you only said yes because you would feel guilty saying no. Oh, that's a big one. That's a big indicator that you probably have a lack of boundaries with this person. 
Yeah. And you need to find a way out. Uh, Sometimes we think it's impossible. They're looking at us. What do we do? Of course, we have to say yes. Well, give yourself a catchphrase like, I need to check my calendar or let me get back to you. Just something that stops you from automatically saying yes. Yeah, I mean, I I used to pull the husband card all the time. Um, so I got to get me one of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, you need to just say, "Hey, Lingo will let me do that now." Sure, <laughs> he is my boss. Um, but yeah, just oh, that sounds great. I need to double check with my schedule, with my family, with you know the other commitments I already have. Thank you for thinking of me, but I need to double check. I would hate to overcommit. Yeah, just if you want, sit down one day and go, I'm going to make a list of phrases that I just go back to (laughs) and pull it out, you know, put it on your phone. It'd be fine if you're not in the mountains and you could actually access it. But (laughs) (laughs) well, yeah, you even said, let me think about that overnight. I'll get back to you. Yeah, that's so simple. I mean, come on, let's go back to the best phrase in the book. I'll sleep on it. It is. Yeah, that's a good one. So use it, ladies. Another way you know that you need to set better boundaries is you find yourself compromising your own values and beliefs to please someone else. It's true. I think we all find ourselves in that position and maybe it's just saying, okay, I'll agree with you. No, maybe I really don't agree with you, but I want to agree with you. And there's a starting place before you ever get to that. And that is developing your values and your beliefs. I mean, if you if you don't stand for something, then you are going to be pulled and swayed by whoever and whatever else happens to be right in front of you in the moment. And so step one of this is really coming to a place where you feel confident in who you are and what you believe and what you stand for, and then no one else gets to change that for you. Yeah. Sure, there's healthy dialogue, and you might grow and change and develop, but not just because someone disagrees. Well, what's the old saying? If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for everything. Yeah. It's true. It's true. So whatever it is, it may be, you know, your your emotional beliefs, your spiritual beliefs, your ethical beliefs, your what you accept sexually, your beliefs, you figure them out away from the confrontations or conversations. Yeah, and away from anyone else that you might be interacting with. This kind of goes back to like conversations I had with um, Dr. Zoe before I started dating again of this is part of the, I have to figure out what are my standards? What are my beliefs? And there can't be a guy on the table. That would be weird, right? If there was a guy on the table. Um, <laughs> we have three sitting over here. <laughs> um, but there can't be somebody in the picture already because that's not a true, you know, clean slate building your own standards. It cannot have anything to do with anyone else. It has to be you and what you truly want and stand for before anyone else gets to be involved. Well, and we are so supportive of women finding their own strength, Mm -hmm. creating their own identity, uh, developing their own goals. Because when you do that, it's easier to go, no, that person is not right for me, or that suggestion is not right for me. So, you know, sit back and develop some of those ladies, where you want to go and who you want to be first. So maybe you're hearing this and you're realizing, wow, I really haven't held very many boundaries in important scenarios. It's time to speak up and and you can do it. Know that you can do it. And you don't have to be harsh, but it's time to just start saying that makes me uncomfortable or actually, no, that's not how I like to do things. Or I don't agree with that. I respect that's your belief, but that's not how I do things or say things or believe. And it's never too late. Mm -hmm. You may be swimming in a place you don't want to be, but it's never too late to go, you know what? I really don't want to be here. I don't want to deal with this. So I'm going to start expressing how I feel. And 
you know, work through compromises if it's at all possible to work through those compromises and build that relationship. And sometimes it's not, but you have to start by just saying how you feel. And again, like Julie said, you can do it kindly. You can do it calmly. It does not have to be argumentative. It simply has to be strong and succinct and absolute. We've talked before on the show about, you know, our timing and our tone and our tact. I think that there's an element of power that a woman has when she can come and say, hey, I've been holding some feelings back that I, for the sake of the health of our relationship, feel like now's the time to share them. And I'm a little nervous about it, but I need you to hear me. Even kind of coming in with those kinds of, um, you know, opening statements, hopefully, if this is a person who truly loves you and wants the best for you and for your relationship, that should be disarming. Now, there's going to be some who are going to hear that and they're going to know, uh-oh, she's about to change the game here and they're going to be defensive. And that's probably one of those scenarios where you know that's a red flag. But feel confident and ready to embrace the conversation and just say, hey, this is something I've struggled with and it's time for me to address it because I care about us and our ability to continue to have a healthy relationship. Another thing that I think we need to think about is physical touch. When do we allow someone in our personal space to be touchy-feely, just to be comfortable physically with us? Yeah, and this really is different for every person, and then it develops and changes with the relationship depending on who it is. You know, I think we've talked about, you know, with children, they need to be we need to embrace them at times. They need to feel our connection with them. You know, physical touch and intimacy is important with your spouse and your significant other, but that's going to look different for each person. And you truly do get to decide what that looks like and to draw the line when you find yourself uncomfortable. Well, and I think there's a compromise in this too, Julie, where you'd, I'm not a touchy feely person. I never, ever have been. And my daughters are the most physical humans in the entire world. (laughs) What about Dan? What is he? He is touchy-feely. I'm the cold fish in the family. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But there was was a trip I was on with my eldest daughter when she was like 15 or so. And we were traveling with one of our bands. And she came up and she was all, you know, like hanging on me and holding my arm and sitting on my lap. And one of the guys in the band looked at me and go, you're hating this, aren't you, Dar? And I'm like, well, you know, she's my daughter, so I allow this <laughs> in my life, you know? And I think it's, it is part of building a healthy relationship, even if you're not comfortable with that generally. I was watching Bachelor in Paradise the other day, Uh-oh. and one of the couples was having this conversation about one person being more touchy than the other, and it was good to watch them try to work it through. And you know, since I am in the dating scene, this is a conversation I do have with somebody when I'm getting to know them. Like, hey, P.S., I'm kind of touchy. You might want to know that about me. But then, but here's where that boundary stops. You also need to know that about me okay, you want to still go out? (laughs) But it's just kind of bringing it to the table early and then sticking to it. Yeah. And I think that's an important next conversation is sexually where you are allowing someone into your life physically in a sexual way. You need to know your boundaries beforehand, whether you are dating or Julie, I'm going to even throw this in when you're married, if you have a husband who is consuming pornography who may ask things of you that you go, "Uh uh-uh, no, I can't do that. I am not that person. You have to know where your line's drawn. You have to know 
what you're comfortable with and what you say, no, that's not what I want to involve myself in. Well, and then there are seasons in marriage, you know, I experienced this where the emotional health of our relationship was in such an unstable place that I did not feel comfortable um, having physical intimacy and having to hold that line for a season because the more important part of our relationship was suffering and therefore the physical connection was incredibly uncomfortable for me. And those conversations were really hard and actually he didn't really love them, but I had to hold those lines because I was going to continue to lose myself more and more in what was already an uncomfortable situation. And so maybe you are married and your husband is asking for more than you're able to, you know, connect with him in because of other issues in your relationship. Again, that's where you need to be seeing some outside help, but you're not alone if you're experiencing that and it's time to really press into that issue. So if you're feeling any of those things or dealing with any of those issues, whether you're married or not married, and if someone is um, physically touching you in a way or asking of you something you're not comfortable with, then first thing you need to do is be aware of it. Acknowledge it. Know it in your mind and your heart that this is something that I need to address. And then speak up. Say it. Again, everything we say or any difficult conversation we have should come with kindness and thoughtfulness and prayerfulness so it actually can be heard. Absolutely. But most definitely, you have to be direct and deal with the issue. All right. The next one is you consistently change your plans to accommodate someone else's. Ever done that, Julie? Of course I have. I feel like this is something we all do. And sometimes it's okay. Of course, sometimes you need to let your thing go because there's another need in the relationship. But if you find that you're always going with somebody else's flow to make them happy, then this is a boundary issue. Yeah, for sure. And so if I'm just going to sit home and watch TV and they want me to go to a great concert, that's an easy ask. Okay, I'm going. I'm I'm in the car. But You know, if you have plans, if you have plans with some people that you have committed to and then someone else who has expectations of you to do whatever they want says, hey, change them, come with me, you say, I'm sorry, no, I already have something on my schedule. I can't do that. Yeah. So you need to kind of look back. Is this something I find myself repeatedly doing? Because again, here and there, changing your plans is normal. But if you're always changing your plans for someone else, then this is you giving in to somebody else's wants and needs consistently over your own. It's time for you to give yourself permission to stick with your own plans. Absolutely. I think that's one of the hardest things because we think, well, we're not being kind, we're not being loving, we're not being gracious, whatever it is. But giving yourself permission to say that, to say, no, I'm already committed. That's a slam dunk, Julie. We have to do that sometimes. There were times with my late husband that he was very antisocial and part of it was due to his anxiety and depression and that continued to get worse over the years. And you've met me, I'm pretty social. (laughs) I like all the people. Um, Yes, she does. (laughs) And we would get to a place where, you know, there'd be a wedding invitation or a party or an activity that we would agree we would attend. Um, Then the day would come and something would come up or he would just be anxious about it and he would decide he didn't want to go. And for years... I would just not go. And I got to the point where I no longer could just not go to things because he would say he was going to go and then change his mind. And it was interesting. I would I got to the place where I would show up places and people would start to say, where's Paul? And then they would be able to finish their own sentence. He didn't feel like coming, huh? I'm glad you came. 
And when people started to say, I'm glad you still came, I realized, yeah, there's nothing wrong with me continuing to live and enjoy my life, even though he's struggling with his. And so I think that was an example of me pursuing healthy boundaries with what we were experiencing. Well, and it was for you to have a little bit of self-care, Julie. Take care of yourself. You need interaction with people. All of us do in varied degrees. You just have to happen to be off the chart on that one a little bit. Um, but the other thing I know that's really important when that happens in life where perhaps your partner doesn't want to pursue things that you want to pursue, don't go in apologizing for you or them or feel badly about it. Just go in and say, I'm here. Isn't it great? No, sorry, he couldn't come. Oh, I used to make excuses and I finally stopped doing it. I was so proud of myself when I stopped doing it. And I hope you hear that too. Once you start making some of these changes, at first it's uncomfortable, but then you start to get proud of yourself and you start to feel more yourself. And so um, this is about making even your own self-care a priority. Like you mentioned, there's going to be times where Somebody wants something from you and you know you're depleted and you need your own space or you need to take time away or time alone or do those things that fill you up. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, it's not selfish to take care of yourself because the reality is the healthier you are individually, the better you can build a healthy relationship. So if you have your priorities, your beliefs, you have everything that you need to continue a healthy life for you, then it gives you a it really gives you a heads up to have a healthy life with someone else. I know we have an article at the Grit and Grace Project that I'll link to why you need a self-care day and what to do. So be sure to look for that in the show notes. What's the last sign we want to point to that you might be struggling with some boundary issues? You permit behaviors from others that you would never do yourself. That's a gut check. Yeah. Yeah. You allow someone in your life to act in a way that you go. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't be aggressive like that, or I wouldn't lie. I wouldn't do these things. So why am I letting you do that? Yeah, that's a big one. So if you've heard this episode and you're thinking, wow, this is definitely an area that either I knew I was struggling with, or maybe I didn't know until this moment, we do have an article at the Grit and Grace Project called Establishing Boundaries in Your Grit and Grace Life. So we're going to link to it, but there are three points we just want to mention that are in it. So you know you want to go read it later. You want to start with the first one? Define your limits. Be definitive about what it is you're comfortable with, what boundaries you need to set, and stick with them. The next step after you define them is to communicate them. That one's hard. We know. Yes, it's it going to be okay. Practice in the mirror. Practice with a friend. But do it. And the third one is create consequences. If the boundaries are constantly being pushed by that other person, then there needs to be consequences. I'm not going there. I am not allowing that. Here's what's going to happen. Create consequences for that action. So take these three steps, go check out the show notes, and begin to find ways that you can pursue healthy relationships with all of the people that you love and love you in your grit and grace life by establishing these types of boundaries. We think this quote is incredibly appropriate when you're trying to find your way to set your boundaries. No is necessary magic. No draws a circle around you with chalk and says, I have given enough. Wow, that's really strong. Thanks for listening to this episode of This Grit and Grace Life. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of this Grit and Grace Life podcast brought to you by the Grit and Grace Project online magazine. Whether you're listening in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or streaming the show, be sure to take a couple moments to subscribe, rate, and review so you never miss the next episode. You can also share the show with a friend you think might enjoy living a Grit and Grace life with us. Every week we share all the details on everything we discuss in the episode at thegritandgraceproject.org. We'll catch you on the next one.